I do. And I don't. I do and I don't show the new theme song I just wrote. We take your questions and we shove the answers down your throat. We shove the answers down your throat. Welcome to I Do and I Don't Show podcast show featuring the likes of Joel Van Vliet and Catherine Skinner who come alongside and uh, sidle up to you and answer your... (laughs) What is it? Come alongside? Yeah, come alongside. What does that even mean? I don't know. And sidle up to you and uh, And come on you. (laughs) And come on you, come on your side. (laughs) Come on your front. Shove it down your throat. And uh, answer your questions that you email us at I do and I don't show at gmail.com or Facebook, Instagram, I do and I don't show. So no first time listeners terrified after having heard all that. They're going to send us all their questions. (laughs) That's interesting. They did an intro where they say I do and I don't. Then all of a sudden there's a song that comes in. Uh And then it was like graphic and slightly offensive. (laughs) It's really gross (laughs) with the orgasming. What is the show actually about? It's a marriage advice podcast show, so you you know people are going to be coming, mm-hmm. which is uh, interestingly not... Actually, this is an interesting observation that we can make because um, we've been doing this for a while, yep. and a lot of our questions do re- revolve around uh, sexuality yes. and being able to keep sex alive. So people that are married do want to have sex. They do. They, they, they do at have At least s- one of them does. At least one of them <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> at at um, least one person in each marriage wants to have yeah, sex. Which is crazy if you think about it. <laughs> like wouldn't the you wouldn't you think the sex people would find each other and the non-sex oh, well, people they would do. find each other? They do. <laughs> the sex oh, people sometimes they do. The sex people definitely find each other. Unbeknownst to the non-sex person in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. It's wild to think that that's, but it's so common. It's so common. But the theory is that, you know, no one has sex in a marriage, but apparently people do want to have sex in a marriage. So that's a good, that's good news. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have a hard time doing it, which is bad news. Yeah. Uh, But we can help them, which is also good news. More good news. (laughs) What happens is uh, Kat gets these questions. She reads them and then she brings them over here to me and, and goes, okay, Joel, here are the questions. Do you know what the answers are? Me, having had no experience whatsoever, I go, yeah, of course I do. And Kat goes, well, I've more experience than you, and I've read about this stuff, and I'm completely lost. And I'm like, <laughs> well, let me answer the questions. Let then. me help you, Kat. Yeah, let me solve all the problems that the world could possibly have with marriage right now. Uh, and that's it. Did I get anything wrong? No, it's bang on, Joel. It's bang. bang. There it is again. <laughs> Question number one, are you ready? I'm, I'm always ready. You know me. <laughs> There's never a time when I'm not ready. I'm always prepared just because by virtue of being me, mm-hmm. I, uh, I can always be there to answer any question uh, and uh, bring great information, knowledge, uh, not experience to the table. 100%. Was that the first question? <laughs> yep, that's it. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> But yeah, so next <laughs> All question. All the time. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, actually question number one. Question numero uno, which, by the way, we should get it, see if, if anyone has a question about uno, like if somebody always is a sore loser playing uno or anything that has to do with the game uno, it'd be nice for us because that we could do question uno. Yeah, I don't actually question. know how to play uno, so that one would all be on you, but that's fine. You know, I, I feel like it, it'd be more 
surrounding the idea of the winning. psychology yeah. of winning. Yeah. Okay. Sore loser stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to write someone else's question. No, I'm sure you would not want to do that. Other people so, are perfectly capable of writing, writing good in, questions. Yes. That mm-hmm. are useful for us. Yeah. We need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number one. Mm-hmm. My husband of four years has really let himself go in the department of hygiene. Ooh. Uh, we first started dating two years before we got married. And things were okay then. But now I have to even remind him about things like clipping his toenails before they become rake-like in the bed. Okay. How do I address this with him without embarrassing him to an extreme? This is a tough one. So I wonder how bad the hygiene... Like sometimes it's... She gave examples, but I didn't want to read them in case they implicated anybody. His jet black hair is always a mess. <laughs> he doesn't trim his beard. And by beard, I mean his pubes. By beard, I which mean I'm his choking pubes, on, on the, the regular. pubes on his boyfriend, which is... <laughs> no, that's the question number two. The, no, that's the... Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so she gave examples of his, like... Uh, yeah, the pube trimming thing was there. Okay. And, um, like... One concern I would, like... It's showering difficult. daily. Oh, really? Mm, it's bad. <laughs> You've got to shower daily. She said he for, he's foregone shampooing as well. Are you looking at my hair right now? Because <laughs> I, I do every two days all shampoo. Or is it shampooing his pubes? Because um, <laughs> I like to have a nice, soft... I condition. I mean, I think that's the you only condition way. condition your pubes? If you're going to have pubes, you have to condition. I'm, I don't have pubes. But if you're going <laughs> to... don't have pubes. Joel is pubeless, I don't do those anymore. Um, but if you're going to, please condition them. <laughs> that, that should be a product line. Like, there should be someone that has shampoo and conditioner and all these things just for pubes. They're, they're, they have those things for women. Just to keep that soft and lush. Mm, it's like beard oil for your. It's ridiculous. Punani. Just get rid of them, people. No, not nobody all of wants them. all of them. No, the whole thing. Not everyone likes that sort well, of thing. And that's then okay. Do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> if you have any pubes to speak of, please don't bother Joel. Yeah, don't don't bother me. <laughs> don't bother me. Um, okay, so this... So how does she tell him about this? That's the problem, eh? The conversation Yeah, it's such of, an awkward conversation to cause have. Because it's like you... He's expecting she's going to bury her face in his nethers, and yet he doesn't want to loofah them? Mm. Like, come on. Like, how do you... And also, so things were fine, but he just doesn't just, like, care anymore? just let himself anymore? go, I guess, yeah. Like, what is that saying? And maybe he's depressed. I don't know. Is there something you know what, bigger happening in his life? I don't know if you did a lot of research for this one. I did. Extensive. Did? Absolutely. Good. Because I understand, and you can confirm if you read about this, that actually um, poor hygiene is an indicator of certain depressions or... Um, those types of things that occur. Have you not read anything about that? Yeah, for sure. If you if you aren't maintaining hygiene, it can be an indicator that there's a bigger problem. So I think that's the first place to start. Like, is something going on in this guy's life? Does he need some extra support? Is mm-hmm. he, as you said, maybe depressed? Even if that is the case, this still needs to be addressed because like, basic hygiene is sort of like one of those things you should be able to take for granted yeah, in a relationship. Absolutely. I, I, I think that... Um, 
you know, the first way I would do it, just because it is such a sensitive thing, would be maybe to um, do it the roundabout way. Like before you're going to maybe start fooling around, you can be like, babe, I'm going to jump in the shower to freshen up. Do you want to join me? Make that part of the That's exactly experience. what I was going to say. Yeah. Turn that into part of your foreplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also positive reinforcement, like where you go. Like when he does make the effort? Yeah. And, and you know, maybe there's you're going to a wedding or something and he's put on a little bit of cologne once in his life. And by the way, I don't really, really care for cologne. Yeah, personally. I don't either. I hate it. But let's just imagine he's put on deodorant then. And you go, oh, you smell really you nice. Smell honey. You smell delicious. Your hair good. looks really great. Yeah. When you wash it. I, I wonder if... I, I love the way your hair smells when it's freshly yeah, washed. Yeah, freshly washed. Like those types of things. It feels so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, your I pubes want, are so much better not stuck in my teeth. <laughs> Maybe you could also take like some of the... And you don't want to mother this person, but maybe it's a fun thing just just to be like, babe. Let's um, go for pedicures. Let me comb your pubes. Oh, well, I, th- I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And how is like, that mothering someone? Well, to you just be like comb their pubes. You just go like, oh, babe, let me let me comb out these pubes and trim them up a little bit. Oh my goodness, that looks so good. Oh, your your penis looks so much bigger. You know. I've heard. I read in Cosmo that if you trim your pubes, your dick looks bigger. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, that's a good that's a good yeah. one. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to um, say that she smelled a scent that she really liked and wants him to adopt it. But that's a difficult conversation because what dude is what, wearing what, that scent? What is the scent? It's the smell of clean. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just soap. Yeah. It's really so... enjoying that smell of soap lately. Yeah, I smelled this on another man who I've been spending time with who is very well groomed. That's the problem, yeah. right? Like, how do you <laughs> say that? It's because awkward. if you, like, and you can run into these problems with anyone. It doesn't even have to necessarily always be poor hygiene, but sometimes someone's scent isn't... Not your jam. ...isn't what you're into. And how do you say that? I would say I was allergic to perfume. I'm allergic to synthetic perfume. Just real perfumes. Rub berries on your face. A lot of people can use like essential oil blends and they won't. Uh, pretty much none of them are bad unless you hate the smell of patchouli, which a lot of people do. Patchouli. What a, <laughs> what a weird sounding word. Patchouli. You know, I was walking down the street. I got a scent of patchouli. <laughs> um, it just sounds Jewish to me. Patchouli? Hey. Or That's is Italian. it Italian? I say Italian, yeah. Hey, you want some of patchouli? I don't know that Italian, that patchouli is actually Italian, though. I shouldn't say that. because It I just sounds, I yeah, it sounds weird. Anyway, it has to be addressed, but maybe it can be addressed first through the positive reinforcement approach yeah. that you suggested. Yeah. And then if he's not getting it, you then just... Then just go clean gonna, your ass. You're going to have to just talk about it as gently yeah. as you can. Yeah, you, you go, you want me to touch that thing? You've been sweating in it all day. Yeah, like maybe don't shame him, but... Hey, let's, what, can you have a shower? That's yeah. it. Can you, or, can you have a shower? Or you, we were suggesting doing the positive reinforcement with, you know, and, and saying, like, let's do this together. If he still doesn't pick up on it, then you stop showering for three days and then sit on his face and say, how do you like it? <laughs> it, it what if he likes it, though? <laughs> well, this guy's one funky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> He's gross. Get out of there. That's disgusting. That, that's gross. Run that's, away. Ugh. Yeah, you need somebody that's going to use 
some nice smelling body wash and clean all of their parts and and smell fresh and good and be clean. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so if being subtle doesn't work, you just got to tell them. Yeah, and it's okay to not wash your hair every single day, no, that's every right. other day, but if it does smell a little bit uh, sweaty or whatever, then mm-hmm. t- like today I'm going to... I haven't showered yet today. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Is that dis- disrespectful? No, I almost didn't shower before I came over. Yeah, so I, I will shower and then I will wash my hair today. Awesome. I know you're looking at it and finding it a little bit. Not really. I actually was thinking it's a good length for you. It's a good. Uh, it's an all right length right now, but it it uh, I'm gonna get it cut really short at some point. Are you? Yeah. I think that would look good too. In come summer, you know. You should work order. with your texture. Find a hairdresser that can play with your texture a bit. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, you have a nice curl in your hair. Right. And I think it'll come out a bit more if your hair's a little bit shorter. Like you're in the in-between. So probably when it's really long, it's quite curly. And then when it's shorter, it's probably a bit more textury. It's it's less curly. Well, I get it really short, so it's not long enough to... But like you'll notice up here... Let's not talk about... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number two? Mm Mm-hmm. You're going to like this one, I think. (laughs) There's lots to work with here. I hope so. I walked in on my husband of four years watching porn and masturbating. Typical. This wouldn't really have been distressing except that it was gay porn. Typical. (laughs) As far as I've known, my husband has always been straight. He was incredibly embarrassed and refuses to talk about it. I'm worried he's been closeted his whole life and our marriage is over. What should I do? I don't. I don't know. I, okay, you got to start this one because I feel. I feel like you're going to say that sexuality is a spectrum. A hundred percent. What I was going to say. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, like, they may neither of them realize that this is the case. So, sexuality is a spectrum, and there are very few people in the world who are firmly planted either a hundred percent heterosexual or a hundred percent homosexual. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, I don't want to be a homophobic. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that I am very, I do not feel at all attracted to men. To men. I think, sexually. well, in fact, I know it's also possible to find something arousing that is beyond the wheelhouse of your usual sexual preference. It can just happen, just accidentally. Yeah, you may happen across something and you have a response to it. It doesn't necessarily mean you're gay. It just means at that moment. Well, I mean, I don't think that's the case here. Well, he's, he's seeking it he's out. He's actively clearly. masturbating mm-hmm. to gay pornography. Yeah. But, um, like, I can see when a guy is attractive. Like, I can go, oh, that. See, I would think that he would be attractive. Because sometimes I've gone, oh, I thought that was a nice looking guy. And a girl's been like, no, I don't think he's attractive. Could you have a like, threesome mm-hmm. with another guy? And a no, girl? no. And I've no. said this before. I don't want to be in the room with another naked penis. Okay. Like uh, in a change like even room. If, if there's another couple having sex in the same room. I, no, thank no. you. Of course not. No. I, mean, I shouldn't say of course not. <laughs> Who, Who am I right talking now? to? <laughs> no, but I Who will say. Who would do such a thing? For me, no, absolutely not. I'm not interested in that situation at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, it, it uh, yeah, I'm not drawn to it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm glad we cleared a that very up. Very, ab- it's not even an apprehension. It's just like a hard no. A hard no. Okay, so th- a flaccid no. A flaccid no, <laughs> indeed. So I, I think, like, first of all, it's wildly presumptuous to assume that his interest in gay porn means he's a homosexual. It could be that he has some bi curiosity or some bisexual leanings. Okay, mm. but it, it, it's weird to even use this term a homosexual when we're saying these types of things because. It's like 
he is somewhat homosexual. Yeah. He's sexual in a homo way. He's he's obviously finding something he's gratifying not, about he's watching not men have sex. Exclusively homosexual. Right. So and that's what bisexual is. Exactly. Is. But yes. it's or like, pansexuality means But saying not homosexual, it's like he is homosexual and then maybe also heterosexual, mm-hmm. which is what bisexual is. It's just weird. She's assuming that he's gay and their marriage straight is straight gay. So I think that that <laughs> He's straight gay. <laughs> straight gay. Is that like legit, This guy's straight gay. Legit triggered and straight gay. We're just inventing <laughs> Pop but he is straight gay, terms. it seems, because he's straight and it, he's gay. He's in a marriage, and he he's, could be also gay. It's possible that he could be gay yeah. and deeply closeted, mm-hmm. but it's also possible that he may not have ever really truly explored his bisexual curiosity. Right, and so they obviously have some talking to do, mm-hmm. right? And if he won't talk to her, that's a big problem. That's bigger than the potential for like new sexual experience. Here. I wonder what the this raises a huge question in my mind, which is um, to what end... Oh, man, this is weird because, yes, it seems like a natural impulse, and I, and I, I don't know if this is a wrong impulse, is to say that, um, yes, he owes her somehow an explanation. Mm-hmm. But if he's engaging with her sexually mm-hmm. and enjoying that and and active and part- participating in that so her needs are met essentially yeah and he's present in the marriage in all those other ways if his if he has an interest and he's not deviating he's not cheating with men or anything like that mm-hmm. but if that's an interest of his and when you say deviating you mean deviating from the marriage that's right yes okay <laughs> Instead of deviating in general. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a fucking pervert <laughs> yes. that has sex with men. Yeah, exactly. That's not what I'm I saying. Just, I wanted to make yeah. that really clear no, for everybody. Deviating from just their what they've chosen together, mm-hmm. which is to be monogamous, monogamous. in a marriage. Okay. Um, if, if all those things are true, how much of it is her business that he enjoys this mm-hmm. sort of thing. Well, the, this is the problem. Like this encounter, this discovery has no doubt created gazillions of questions mm-hmm. that need to be answered and he won't talk about it. So, so so can she come to a conclusion on her own? No. No, I'm not saying of his of what he is doing, but for herself. So like, can she go, all right, my husband is into homoerotic imagery mm-hmm. and he masturbates to that. Mm-hmm. Am I okay with that? Like well, for, for sure she needs to decide she how knows, she feels about yeah, that. She knows that that's true. Yeah. Am I okay with that? Okay. So now, um, you know, maybe does she ask herself, question, herself questions about like, what if he's into this or, She's you know? Anything that she can conjure in her brain is going to be far more fantastical and terrifying than what the actual truth so likely is. So should she is. just be like, hey, I need to talk to you. Oh, 100% she needs yeah. to talk to him. And like even understanding if she's okay with him getting off to that imagery is not possible until she understands the parameters with which it's occurring, right? Mm. Like if he says, this is a thing I've always done. I'm not really interested in ever acting on it with another man, but I just sometimes like to jerk off to gay porn. Like that's it. I I swear to you, there's no more to it than that. If she feels confident that that's true, uh, you know, then she can decide how she feels about the, the masturbating to gay pornography thing Mm. because she has more information um, I definitely think they need a therapist in this situation because it sounds like he's having a really hard time talking about it. It seems to be like really challenging for her to even get him to speak about this now. Right. So, right. 
I wonder, do they have children, did she say? Didn't say. Mm. See, also, I wonder what the age range is because we know that, you know, complete... I mean, I don't think we're even culturally in a place where homosexuality is 100% by everyone, you know, accepted. Mm -hmm. But it's by far, even in the last, how many years would you say? Has it become 20 years? 30 years? 20 or 30 years. I think it's become very more recent. accepted. Very yeah. recently, yeah. So I would even say 20 years mm -hmm. tops. Yeah. Because like when I was a kid, that's gay, you know. Mm -hmm. Gay wasn't cool. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's got to just, and that's like no time at all. So this guy, if he's um, our age or anywhere in there, um, he could definitely like be yes, closeted. Just be closeted. And there, I think is there's this other element which I don't know if there's a lot of conversation about this, but you know, I know that two gay men can have a family they mm -hmm. can adopt or have a surrogate i guess but i feel like there's a world in which you're you're raised and nurtured to want that kind of traditional looking family but you like men <laughs> you you okay. might want it your cake and eat it too in a sense mm -hmm. I, I think you know certainly that was more prevalent in earlier times, it you might think that that's less. I'm sure less now, yeah, but for like sure. I say, it's it must very still happen. It must still happen because even like younger people who are raised in certain religions would be really suppressing any kind of. But I feel like meanings you, they might have. If you're, you may be, you may imagine the the, you know, male female mom dad dynamic that you were raised with, and go, man, it's sad that I don't get to have that. I know I can make that happen in this less traditional looking thing, which now is more prevalent. But even as we say, as we were younger, that wasn't mm -hmm. and accepted or not. It's not even it, you don't see it. Well, right. certainly not out here. I came from Toronto and you see it, see it more often. More. And now with modern family, like to talk yeah. about representation. Yeah. So, you know, yes, yeah, I think he there could are, be closeted in there because he wants to have that. That nuclear family, yeah, that, that but homo, what is it called? Heteronormative, that phrase? Yeah. The heteronormative nu nuclear family might have been imprinted. And that's, I, I think that's when you're internalizing shame, right? Like mm -hmm. you should not have those things because you are this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that's bullshit, but I'm sure there are a lot of people who struggle with that. Yeah. The, and, you know, but, and there's also other ways to maybe even have that in a platonic sort of way. I've heard of a male and a female having a child to have together and co-parent, mm -hmm. but they have no sexual relationship mm -hmm. whatsoever. And they just did it because they were great twosome. Yeah. And, you know, so there's any way, any kind of version of that. But, um, but the problem here is that she has no idea what she she's actually know. dealing with. So she's got to have this nice heart to heart, it, but how, how to get him open? To open up about it, it's got to be, she's got to be very open about it. Yeah, she does. Like very and open hearted. Yep, for sure. You're right. And go, okay, this is. Try to set your fear aside and yeah. uncover the truth with curiosity and compassion. And if he's refusing to talk, you really have to bring in a therapist. I mean, I would say have the therapist there anyway. Because it's, it's got to be like, look, we need to know yeah. what the story is yeah. here. And you need to tell me what's going on so that I know 
how to behave. Yeah, and what, what and I, 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 I got to think about it and go, is this something that... Because it could be that he... Like, let's say these people have a couple kids. He is gay. Mm-hmm. And he loves her and wants to have the family. Yeah. And, and wants to... Uh, gay porn is fun, but he does also want to bang guys. Um, you know, or have a relationship with a man. Um, or men... Um. Yeah, maybe she has to come get her head around well, if she's open to any of those scenarios. Yeah, she definitely does. She probably will need her own therapist as well through this, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, depending mm-hmm. on the outcome. It's a lot when you find out that the person you have built a life with is not who you thought they were. Yeah. Okay, tough one. Good luck. Mm. Question number three? Yes. Well, three? We're already on three. Yeah, mm. we're just flying through this one. I'm counting it as four because of the already <laughs> question. <laughs> My husband of four years, no, sorry, five years, has a teenage daughter who lives with us half the time. She just turned 16 and she's becoming a handful. At first it seemed like regular teenage rebellion, but it seems to be ramping up. Missed curfews, no check-ins to let us know where she is, outrageous, outrageously rude behaviors. She told me to go F myself the other day when I suggested <laughs> that she not wear a crop top to school in front of her four-year-old half-sister. The other day I found drugs. So mar- this is a stepdaughter? Mm-hmm. Okay. The other day I found drugs, marijuana, in her sock drawer. Uh-oh. I'll admit I was snooping because her behavior has been so out of line that I suspected something was amiss. Mm-hmm. My husband seems blind to her issues and quickly dismisses it as teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't told him about the drugs yet because I think it will break his heart. Mm-hmm. How do I bring this up? How do we deal with her without pushing her away? Mm-hmm. This is a good one. It is. This is a good one for two, well, for one very, very... Um, inexperienced dad. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> no father. I'm a plant dad, but they don't do drugs. I do feed them some feed stuff. But they are thriving. They all look yeah. really well. That one in the corner is looking. That, a that one I actually. That's the kid. That's a problem child over there. That it? one I got from somebody to nurse back to health. Oh, so they they made it all crispy and stuff. And, and any he, new growth is, is, you. is me. Aw, so you're like a foster dad even. Yeah. Amazing. Some people go, I can't, my plants are all dying. I go, bring it by. I'll bring it plants back Plants and health. relationships. Yeah. Joel will save your dying plants and your dying Things relationship. This is, I, I, don't, I, don't, this I don't think was expected from people. <laughs> I don't think they were like, oh yeah, Joel's going to be good with plants. <laughs> and relationship advice. Relationship. I don't think that was, a, that was the given. But it turns out that that's what uh, my ex-girlfriend always said. Ask Joel about your relationship. He's actually really smart ab- about relationships. And then didn't listen to me. Mm. <laughs> so, well, sorry figure. about your loss, ex-girlfriend. Like, you, don't know, uh, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to me. Well, okay. Um, so how do we deal with this situation? This is a tough one. And I think that drugs... Now, this is interesting. Weed is a drug. I was going to say, like, it's marijuana. So first of all... I think it, I think marijuana is a serious thing for 16-year-old kids. Well, it is scientifically proven to alter their brain chemistry in yeah. a negative way until yeah. they're, like, 20, 21. Yeah. So I, and I think the uh, drug 
or the weed advocates like to sweep those things under a rug and well, want to... I would say I'm a weed advocate. You're an advocate? I am an advocate. I think some weed advocates... I have some pretty amazing conversations with my teenagers about drugs, actually. And you're like, stay marijuana. away from them. Well, no, we gave them the science. Here's the science, because mm-hmm. they're super intelligent. My kids are extremely smart humans. Stop showing off. <laughs> hey, if you can, so can I. <laughs> I'm not even bragging about myself. Yeah, you're so. not. I'm not that smart, but these kids. <laughs> My kids, thank God, are evolving at a faster rate than I ever could. But we showed them the evidence, the scientific evidence of what mm. happens to teenage brains when you are... No, I just itched my nose. I itched my nose. I don't need to do coke right now. If that's what the implication no, was. No, I thought I had a booger. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so sensitive about that. Well, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, Joel. Your hyper hyperreactivity. I would call drugs. You're, yeah. You would call them drugs. Yeah. I would call them wonderful herbs that nature gave us. But still, they're not great for teenage brains. Yeah. So, however, despite that, we have told them, if you are curious, we would prefer that you try this for the first time under supervision from us at home. Because mm. I hate that. I know you do. I knew you would say that. But the thing is, like, I'm hearing stories of kids like falling into marijuana psychosis episodes because they're eating edibles. They've never done drugs before at yeah. all. And they're just like losing their shit because they have no idea. Edibles are really dangerous because you don't really know exactly what the, what dose, the dose, is. dose is. And if you've never done any kind of marijuana type substance before, you have no idea what your body can handle and what it can't. There's right. also different strains of marijuana. Different people act, respond differently to other ones. So mm-hmm. like... I'm not an ignorant person. I know my children at some point are going to want to experiment with some of these things. Mm-hmm. I don't want them freaking out at a party where they're vulnerable and alone and right. like we're not there to guide them through it and like they don't know where they're getting their shit from, you know, like mm-hmm. all of those things that I saw so many kids like destroy their lives with. I want to empower my children to not have that experience. Okay. Um I was raised, you know, my parents didn't let us have scratch and sniff stickers because they thought they were a gay, gateway to cocaine use. And so <laughs> I come from a different... <laughs> is that serious? No. Okay. Oh, my God. That's, one, that's awesome. one of my jokes. Um, it's a very good one. <laughs> but so we, we come from a different uh, world there. Um, but what I've heard many times is these younger kids, teenagers, their behavior is... Dra- dramatically changed and yes some of these things are i'm sure rebellions and they probably stem from sometimes from uh separations of uh, parents separating and these types of things but a lot of the times you know it it seems like a, a a decent home life and then they start smoking weed right and things go down the toilet well this is it it like alters the structure yeah. of their brain so it's it's not like in my attitude towards, well, we we prefer that you don't do it, but if you're going to do it, come bring all your friends over. No, no, no. And we're that's a hard line for us, right. too. We are not facilitating your parties. We're not yeah. going to be those parents that are pouring out alcohol or giving yeah. out substances. That's absurd. But I'd rather you do it here. I feel like that's a type of, um, and again, you know, I'm not a parent, so I'm just speaking from, for sure. you know, I'm just a thought that I've always had, which is you're kind of condoning it. And you're going like, this is okay. What we've noticed with our children is that by having these really open conversations about it, and we, it's the same with alcohol. Like in our household, that's mm-hmm. our approach. Like you shouldn't be binge drinking because that will mess up your life and yeah. screw up your amazing brain cells. But like, let's talk about it openly so it's not taboo. It's not a subject that you can't discuss with us. And I like what you're saying where it's like... It's really demystified it for them. to talk about 
the the science behind it. Absolutely. And also the like the, these. It's not just don't do it because it's bad. No, it's like it's, it, like, it's dangerous for you. If and you this do is it, why. this is these. There could be consequences. And like, I'm my kids are in the top percentile in their schools for their grades, and they're like, and that's not because we're like demanding mm-hmm. helicopter parents. This is their own steam. This is their personalities. I don't feel like they're going to take huge risks that are going to mess things up for them. Which right. is, I think, another reason why we are comfortable having these kinds of yeah. open conversations yeah. with these kids. I don't think all parents should take this approach, and I know that lots of them don't. But I think that the desire or the curiosity diminishes when they see the facts and it's not as um, taboo a subject or what it, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. You'd kind of demystify it, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's been really powerful in our household. We've not gotten high with our children in case you were curious about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no. But no, I, and I, like you're right. I think the the w- one of the important points there was that the type of person mm-hmm. and the type of home. And the, and the type of home, the because type of kids, yeah. Because the other, you know, I mean, I met some people that lived beside me in a basement, and I know she uh, did online gambling all day, mm-hmm. and, you know, they were people that were um, r- rougher characters. right. And I just imagine that the the jumping off point in their for their children is not as you know. Yeah, it's a very it's probably yours. a very different parenting yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. dancing around these, <laughs> <laughs> but the the point is that they it's they're going to be dragged down quite easier and quicker in cert, by certain things, and um, and I'm sure they're not going to have the same care that you're putting in to even just say let me. Let's do this in an educational way. Yeah, 100%. We try to give them all the facts that we can. So these people are running into this problem where, yeah, I mean, already we know that this home is, she may not be happy about this, like she, her parents did split up at some point, there was a new person, all those things do create sometimes, or sometimes create behavioral issues. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a teenage experience. I mean, culturally speaking, this was the time when people would be forced out of the tribe to tr- prove themselves able to right. hunt and kill and gather. And there wasn't this, like, can I please borrow the keys to the car? It was like, I'm going to get dinner now for the tribe. So I think we have this rebelliousness that em- emerges in the teenage experience because they have to question everything. And it's also the uh, the the... the it's not even a boundary thing, but it's kind of like, what are my boundaries? Mm-hmm. So you're, you are trying those things yep. and reaching out. It's maybe similar to what you're saying. But yep. even, so we call a rebellion because it's like, well, these are our parameters that we set for you. Yeah. And now you're going beyond those parameters? And this they is ha- crazy. It is crazy and it's scary and it's hard, yeah. but they have to challenge those parameters mm-hmm. to realize themselves as adults. Yeah, but I think that there, those moments of challenging those parameters can have lasting consequences. Absolutely, yeah. that's the scary thing. Because there's another thing that happens with the teenage brain where they genuinely feel they're invincible. That's part of the psychology of teenagers. I love the, the, just that, like, having realized that for myself when I was younger, I was just, like, so sure of certain ideas. You know, and some of the ideas were uh, principles that I was raised with. Yeah. And some of them were, like, things that I thought, 
no, that's not, I don't agree with that. And I'm so sure about how the world works. I'm so sure about who I am and, and what people are like. And then you just get older and older and, and you just, all that falls away. Not all of it, but th- th- there's a uh, fire, you'll hear this. It sounds like an air raid siren. Yeah. It's just this is actually a good hallway. story. So when I first <clears throat> moved out here from Toronto, mm-hmm. nobody told us about the volunteer firefighter alarm. Yeah. And the first time we heard that, because we used to live just down the street from where Joel lives now, the first time we heard that, I thought that like we were under attack. <laughs> the Americans are coming. The Americans are coming. <laughs> yeah, it was, all these drones. It was, no, <laughs> it was quite terrifying. It's World War Three. Yeah, I really didn't know what the hell was happening. Um, but then my driver, driving instructor, actually one of our neighbors, pointed it out to me. Like it's just the fire hall. Like you can stop ducking and covering now. <laughs> it's just the fire. It happens every Monday at seven. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's when they they have their uh, alarm. Uh, whatever. I'm actually amazed fire. that we've recorded this many episodes without that happening yet. Yeah, this is uh, slow. There winter. must be something going on because it's uh, not a Monday for us. So, <laughs> uh, who knows what's happening? Some some house is burning down. So getting back on track. But the point is that I was saying was that, uh, yes, those things fall away and uh, you realize how insecure everything is and you don't know anything and the whole world is yeah. a mystery and everything sucks. But now, <laughs> but the, the, but I'm concerned for this young lady. Yeah, and I think she definitely has to tell this this dad that she's found drugs on this kid. And they, they need to try to have a, that heart-to-heart. But, like, you know, the man, I just... 16-year-old girls, young girls need to have an open communication with their parents because there's so many horrible predatory things out there Mm -hmm. that they need to be able to, without any judgment, say, mom and dad, this happened and it was scary and and I feel shame about it. And I don't know what is, was it wrong? Was I wrong? And then they can go, well... We don't work. Don't feel horrible about it. Yeah. But we that you, you, we got to rise above this because this it's it's when the kids can't talk and and they you know f- they are embarrassed about certain things. That's when they're victimized and and um, people take advantage of that. And it makes me so angry. Yeah. So they need to. You need to open the communication. Yeah, and you have to do it in a careful way too. And where's her mom? Yeah, and she probably should be looped yeah. in too. Unless she's a dirtbag and, <laughs> and she's not going to be helpful. But, but there are people that aren't helpful. Yeah. But you need to get, like, surround a person with love and say, stop smoking weed because <laughs> it's messing with your mind, even though you think it's so cool. There's a really great book called Hold On to Your Kids, um, and it is by, I believe it's Gabor Mate. And I can't remember the co-author, but uh, it's the whole idea behind it is fostering relationships with your children so that you are their first front. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really common and normal for adolescents, particularly now, to turn to their peer group for advice yeah. about stuff. They're not going to be good. No. You no. might get one good smart friend there, but they're yeah. usually going to be yes men. Yeah. And you, I mean, you want them to be able to have confident and confidential relationships with their friends, but you also want to be in the loop about whatever what's going mm-hmm. on with everything that's mm-hmm. happening in your kids' lives. And um, yeah, I think to have a combination of 
loving openness, but also firm boundaries is really important. Is there is there a conversation? I, I know I spoke to uh, one of the um, young kids in my family, nieces or nephews, and I feel like they were they were annoyed by their parents being very protective and yeah. going like we want to see your phone and you don't get your phone in your room by yourself. And you know, these types of like things. And I go, you got to think about how scary the world is right now Mm -hmm. and what kind of crazy things can happen through that phone. Of course. I said, if I had a kid right now, I'd be like, Dev, like I'd be like super wanting to be protective and it, and it almost, it, yeah, I get it. it feels like a stranglehold. Mm-hmm. And I know that my parents were very conservative. They were very protective in other ways. I think the technology was different back then, but, um, you know, they were very concerned what was going into our minds and stuff like that. And those things are understandable. Can you not say that to a child and go, or even a teenager, which is a child for goodness sakes and go, look, I'm not, I don't, want to get in your way. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, feel make you feel like you're strangled or those types of things, but I'm scared. Yeah. I care about you. Yeah, I think that is a good thing to say. And I think it's important to to instill in them the sense that you do trust them because that's really important as well. Yeah, and you're speaking to them, you're having a heart to heart. You're mm-hmm. not going It's not a punishment. A it's lot a- of the times it was for us, it was just like, no, yeah. Don't do no. That's that's wrong. That's don't do that. You know. And it's like there's no dialogue. It wasn't around really it. the explanation mm-hmm. of it, and um, and I didn't really deviate from a lot of things. You know, I'm yeah. a very decent uh, young man. You know, I I I would I was I had a healthy respect, or you know, I was just like I don't know if I want to go down the road of these drugs and and alcohol and things, um, because of observations. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. Um, but yeah, you, you, you want to, as you say, be that person that they can be like, what's this all about? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and be like, and the only reason I'm saying don't do that is because these things can happen. Mm -hmm. So you want to be very, you protect yourself. I call me. If it's two o'clock in the morning, yeah, we that's a rule in our house too. Like, please don't call Uber, call us. Yeah, just (laughs) be. We don't wake us up. You know, we're you know, forget who cares if any. Don't think about disappoint disappointing anyone. Yeah, it's a no questions asked until the next day policy. (laughs) Yeah, just like when you sober up, (laughs) that we can talk about. We need to be able to save you Mm -hmm. because you, if you feel trapped, that's our job. You can't call your parents. And you can, you're screwed, possibly. So, yeah, that's I don't. I'm not a parent, but that's <laughs> that's what I would say. Yeah, get get into that kid's life so yeah. that they feel like they're safe with you. I mean, it's possible that she's even rebelling a bit because she doesn't feel like she's getting enough attention in a connected way. So could be. Yep. Yeah, get in there. Get in there. Talk mm-hmm. about everything. Just Bring some education into the piece as well, because kids should not be willy nilly doing drugs. Without. They shouldn't do any drugs. You know, um, just be like, hey, check out this cool guy, Joel. He's awesome, and he doesn't do any drugs. You mm-hmm. know, I should be a drug, um, like, hey, I'm not cool enough for that. To be a drug-free motivational speaker? Yeah, but I'm not, like, I. they would be like, he's not, I don't find him that cool, you know? Mm. Like, I'm not, just like, I should get some tattoos. Maybe like a Navy SEAL that's drug-free. That's not, that's barely cool. Like those, those are, you got to show up. It's like, maybe if I show up to a school and I play some songs, they're like, oh, this guy, 
like, are my songs cool enough? I feel like I'm just not cool enough to be a good advocate for, for not why doing you shouldn't do drugs. It's <laughs> like, think of how much cooler you could be if you just smoke if some weed, you just smoke Joel. some weed. If, if, only I, <laughs> if only I was more into drugs, I'd be probably way ahead here. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm just too conservative in my lifestyle. I'm not nearly cool enough. <laughs> but uh, I think you're cool, Joel. Thanks, Kat. That's I Do and I Don't Show podcast <laughs> show. <laughs> Got a real loser and then some really cool chick uh, <laughs> answering your questions and trying to help you in your marriages and as parents and dating, apparently. Oh, that wasn't this week. That was last week. And um, send us your questions at I Do and I Don't Show at gmail.com, mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram. I do and I don't show. You and, will always be anonymous. Yeah. Send us those questions and we'll answer them. We'll, and we'll help you save your child's life and your marriage. And uh, and your relationship with your in-laws. All those relationships. And uh, that's it from us, I suppose. And the last thing that I want to say is stop feeding the seagulls. Mm-hmm.